I don't know about you, but I'm always amazed at the wonder of God's creation. Things that when I see them just take my breath away and leave me in awe. Two weeks ago today, my wife Carla and I were flying back from Hawaii where we celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. That was actually back in August. But when we were there, there were ample opportunities for us to just take in the beauty, the wonder of God's creation. Whether we were hiking the mountains of Kauai or snorkeling at night with manta rays off the big island or, or even just watching huge waves crash into the rocky shores of Maui. I was amazed at the wonder of God's creation. Of course, you don't have to go to Hawaii to do that. You can just go outside. Well, maybe not tonight, but you know, you could go outside anytime you want and just maybe pick up a leaf, right? And you can look at the, the, the delicate detail and the intricate design of each leaf. Or maybe you don't want to even go outside. That's okay. You can just sit at home and consider the fact that you are unique in your own DNA makeup. There is no one other person who has ever been or ever will be just like you. Or the fact that you got 37 miles of nervous system throughout your Bible. Or the fact that you don't have to do anything. You don't even have to think about it when it comes to this muscle called your heart. You don't have to make it pump. It just does it. You don't have to blink either. It just happens. Isn't that crazy? I am amazed at the wonder of God's creation. Of course, there's a whole lot more about God that can, I think, can fill me with wonder other than his creative abilities. And, and if you look in the Bible, you'll see there are all kinds of examples of things that God does that make him truly wonderful. The problem is that sometimes we just kind of get caught up in our world that we forget about that. We forget about the fact that we have a God of wonders. And so, Starting tonight on this Ash Wednesday and continuing throughout the season of Lent, what we're going to do is we're going to look at our God and those things that leave us wonder-filled. And to start things off, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what arguably is you know, probably at the top of the list of those things that fill us with wonder about God, and that's the wonder of his love. And honestly, you know, God's love has staggered the minds of human beings for thousands of years. Look at this. In, in 1 John 3, verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. In other words, even though we all have our little dark, sinful recesses, those dark corners that nobody else knows about it, but God knows about it, in his, the, the wonder of God's love on this Ash Wednesday, is that he still wants to call you his child. He still wants to bring you into his family through faith in Christ. And he wants to do that because you matter to him. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done with your life up to this point in time. Doesn't matter. You matter to God. And, and he, here's the thing. When that clicks for you, when, when you get it, 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 it can change the whole atmosphere of your existence. For example, when you live in the wonder of God's love, your fears subside. A lot of people live in this world very fearful. They're afraid of the next calamity that's going to hit, or they're afraid of being struck by something that's going to leave them filled with pain or hurt, and it's just it's got them all worked up. And maybe you felt that kind of fear too, but I'm here to tell you, when you live in the wonder of God's love, those fears melt away. Because you understand, of course, God is bigger than those fears. 
Second, when you live in the wonder of God's love, your self-esteem grows. When you recognize the fact that you matter to the God of the universe, <laughs> you matter, right? You matter. And, and again, once, you, once that clicks for you, it builds your sense of worth and, and your sense of dignity and value. It just it causes it to soar. Third, when you live in the wonder of God's love, you feel more secure. You're confident to the point where you're going to do things and go places in faith that maybe you wouldn't have before. But now you do it because you know that even if you do fall on your face, God's love is still there, right? It's like this safety net that undergirds you and helps you feel secure. Fourth, when you live in the wonder of God's love, you experience peace. And that's, that's huge because we live in a very turbulent, troubled, uncertain world. But you can live with peace. You can actually have optimism about the future because you know who it is that holds the future in his hands. Fifth, when you live in the wonder of God's love, you feel understood. Because obviously there are times, aren't there, when no one on planet Earth really understands you. But God does. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly how you feel. He knows and, and he cares. Six, when you live in the wonder of God's love, you feel protected. When you live in the wonder of God's love, you feel safe. You feel like somebody is watching over you because he is. But this somebody isn't just anybody. This is somebody who is all-knowing, everywhere, and guess what? All-powerful. Yep. When you live in the wonder of God's love, you feel approved. You sense and you experience God's smile of approval upon you to the point where even if you do trip up into sin, you know that nothing is going to separate you from God's love in Jesus Christ. And I could go on and on, but the, the crazy thing is this, it, it, there's nothing like living in the wonder of God's love. It just never will fail you. You, we can fail God. We fail God a lot, but his love will never fail us. This Lamentations 3 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I, honestly, one of the best parts of living in the wonder of God's love is this right here. God's love for you never ends. It just doesn't. It doesn't. I mentioned earlier that my wife, Carla, and I, we were in... Uh, uh, she, we were in Hawaii. Uh, one of those mornings when we were in Kauai, we went out onto the, the balcony of our condo, which overlooked the ocean. It was this beautiful view. It's a beautiful morning. We we're going to have breakfast out there and the breeze was coming in off the water. And as I was sitting there, just taking all of this in, I could just sense God saying, John, I'm going to love you all day today, just like I did yesterday, because my love recommits itself to you every single day, which means you never have to go searching for my love. You already have it. And you know what? God would say that to each and every one of you as well. His love is enough. And, and, and again, once that soaks in, it could change your whole day. It could change your life. What's really cool is you can know that God is committed in his love to you based on these two truths. God and the wonder of his love flow into your life because, first of all, God tells you. He comes right out and he just says it, which is a big deal, isn't it? Because when you tell another human being, I love you, 
Two things can happen. First, that love can be spurned, right? It may not come back. They may not return it. Second, you have to back it up. Right? You have to live a life that's consistent with that. So when you say to somebody else, I love you, especially if it's like the first time, that's a high-risk deal. Even though God knows that his love can be spurned and he has to back it up, yet he tells you that he loves you. And one of the ways by which God tells you that he loves you is right here. He, God puts his words of love into print. He goes on record in this book that we call the Bible, and he says, read this book. Because in this book, you will find out everything you need to know about the wonder of my love. In the Bible, you'll find passages like Isaiah 43, where God says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are precious in my eyes and honored. And here it is. I love you. Wow. Or in Romans 5, verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So isn't that amazing? Even when we weren't interested in God's love, God directed his love to us anyway. What? Or in Jeremiah 31, God says this, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You see that? God's love does not run out. It It doesn't. it's tempting to think that God's love is going to be like human love, right? Because human love ends. If you disappoint somebody enough, they're going to stop loving you or whatever. It's going to run out. But that's not how God's love works. Even though you disappoint God and you will disappoint God by violating his holy will again and again and yet again through your disobedience, your rebellion, your sin, whatever the garbage is, his love for you still doesn't, it doesn't run out. It's an everlasting love. So please never forget that. Because I've counseled people who have felt that this latest moral failure was the straw that broke the back of God's love for them. And I'll tell you what, that's just not true. It's not true. God's love for you doesn't run out. It is an everlasting love. And, and so God tells you that in print. But a second way by which God tells you, because, you know, sometimes you can read, it's right there in black and white, but you, just, you miss it. So a second way by which God tells you about his love is this way. He illustrates his love vividly. Because different people, because different people have different interests that speak to them in different ways. God communicates his love through images or illustrations that help them understand the wonder of his love. So, for example, in Psalm 103, verse 11, it says, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love for those who fear him. Now, for you and me, those verses may not speak much to us. It may not say much. But I'll tell you what, for space lovers, for people who are into astronomy, they think about, you know, as the heavens, that's another word for the universe, as high as the universe is above the earth. Okay, so this is the, the star is our, our star is the sun. The next closest star is more than four light years away. What? God's love is that big? And that speaks to them. There are other illustrations that speak to the animal lovers in the house, right? Where Jesus talks about his love for people like the concern that a mother hen has for her baby chicks. Or in the Old Testament passages that describe the ferocious loyalty that a mother bear has for her little baby cubs. And while, you know, space lovers may yawn at those kinds of passages, y'all animal lovers are going to go, what? God's love is, is that big? It's like that? 
And there are other illustrations. There's the illustration of God's love compared to the love that a mother has for her little baby. And while that may not connect with a whole lot of guys sitting here, it will connect with a whole lot of the moms sitting here because they know the love that they feel as they cradle and sing and pray over that little baby in their arms. And God says, my love's bigger than that. And that speaks to them. Or, or in Psalm 103, um, 103, verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. In that verse, God compares his love to the love that a father has for his children. And as a dad of three kids, I can tell you what, I loved watching my kids grow up and play and, 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 and accomplish things. And, and here God is saying his love for me is bigger than the love that I have my, for my kids. And I'm like, what? But maybe you're not a space lover. Maybe you're not an animal lover. Maybe you're not a parent. But maybe you have a friend. So Jesus says in John 15, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Right there. God, in the person of Jesus Christ, says, I love you, and I'm going to be a better friend than your best friend, because I will lay down my life for you. Isn't that crazy? So yes, God tells you, he comes right out and he tells you that he loves you. He puts it in print for us to read, and he uses these cool illustrations to help us understand it. But along with telling us his love, second, God shows you that he loves you as well. And God has been showing his love to the human race since the beginning of time, hasn't he? Right? He showed it to Adam and Eve as soon as they fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. He showed it to Noah and his family, helping them, uh, rescuing them from the flood in the ark. He showed it to Abraham by providing a ram that was caught in a thicket that was used as a sacrifice instead of his son Isaac. He showed it to King David by forgiving him after he committed that sin with Bathsheba. He showed it to the 12 disciples by providing teaching and companionship in Jesus. And of course, Jesus showed love by, uh, by reaching out to countless people who were hungry and, and sick and social outcasts. The greatest, hands down though, the greatest demonstration of God's love greatest way God showed his love was through the sin sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for undeserving people like you and me. It's crazy. First John four says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins through Jesus death. You can enjoy God's grace and forgiveness. Wow. That's the wonder of God's love. Seriously, the ultimate symbol of God's love is the cross. It's an instrument of death, but it is the ultimate symbol of God's love. And God has showered you with his love. Since, since the day you were born, God has been reaching out and extending his presence to you. Since the day you were born, God is protecting you and, and has limited Satan's attacks on you. He has guided you and directed you in ways you may not even been aware of. He has, he has poured out his love on you by reminding you of his gift of forgiveness and the promised hope of eternal life in Jesus. So yes, God flat out tells you that he loves you, but he also throughout history has shown you his love too. But now here's where things get sticky. You and I have this thing called free will. That means we have the ability to do the right thing 
or to do the really stupid thing, the wrong thing. We have the freedom to do that. And even though all of us are fully aware of the wonder of God's love, we have two ways. Basically, because of that free will, there are two ways by which you can respond to the wonder of God's love. The first thing you can do is you can trample on it, which of course is ludicrous. Who in their right mind would do that? It's awful. It's terrible. Why would you do it? People do it anyway. In my years of ministry, I've had people more than once come up to me and say, if God is a God of love, then why does he send people to hell? And I love when they ask that question because I always respond usually by saying these two things. First, I say, you got two things right. First, God is a God of love. Second, people do end up going to hell. But I say, the reason why so many people go to hell is because they trample on God's love of their own free will. Even though they've heard and they know about God's love for them in Jesus, that he died on the cross to pay for their sins so they could be forgiven and saved, of their own free will, they choose to say, nope, no thanks. They reject it. They spurn it. They live outside of it. They close their heart to it. They trample on it. Stinks, but that's a response. Thankfully, there's a different response, a much better response, and it's this. When it comes to the wonder of God's love, you can treasure it. And I'll tell you right now, when you discover that God's love for you is a perfect love, when you hear about God's love through a message or through a song or maybe a Christian friend who is sharing with you the Jesus that they know, the Holy Spirit will empower you in faith to begin to treasure God's love. Here's the best part. As you realize that you matter to God and that you are loved by God, and as you realize that God takes all of your failures and mistakes and sins and all that garbage, and he forgives it as a gift of his grace to you through faith in Jesus Christ, you don't just want to treasure that love. You want to give it back. You want to return it. You want to love God back by the way you live, by the way you talk, by the decisions you make. Your love just starts spilling out. It spills out into your home. It spills out at school. It spills out in your workplace. It spills out with your sports or in your neighborhood. It's just spilling out all over the place. It spills out as you serve God by serving others, by using your time, your talents, your abilities. And you want to do it. This, that's the crazy. You want to do it because you love God who loved you first. So, yeah, God has loved you with a perfect love every single day of your life. He didn't skip a day. He has given you his wisdom in this thing called the Bible. He's given you comfort and strength and his Holy Spirit. He's given you forgiveness and that promise that someday you'll be with him forever in heaven. He has loved you with the perfect love every single day of your life. So don't trample on it. Treasure it, right? Receive it. Rejoice in it. So that as you leave here tonight, as you head out those doors and you head on your way home, you don't just know, you don't just know about the wonder of God's love. You feel it, right? You enjoy it. You live in it. You live in the wonder, the absolute wonder of God's love for you. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways 
this week. And it's a short week because, right, Sunday's coming up already, so you got to really be on your A game. But here we go. Review what you will experience when living in God's love. If you are taking notes, you know that we reviewed seven things that you experience when you live in the wonder of God's love. I would say review those, maybe start looking for some other ones, but live in that wonder of God's love. Second, Take time to read God's word and look for examples of his love. And by that, I mean those illustrations. And we talked about some of those, didn't we? Look for some other ones. Look for images or pictures that God paints that reveal his love, the wonder of his love for you. And then third, look for ways to allow God's love to spill out to others. In response to God's love to you, look for opportunities for you to share the love of God that's in you with those who are around you so that they can see God's love in the way you live and act and speak and move. And so that they too can come to know and see and experience the wonder of God's love for them. Amen? Amen. All right, well, let's pray about it. Let's pray about this. Father, on this Ash Wednesday, as we begin this season of Lent, we thank you for being a God who loves us with a perfect love. We, may we receive your love with trusting, believing hearts. Father, just you open our hearts a little bit wider tonight so that we do treasure. And I mean, just absolutely treasure the wonder of your love and, and help us to experience it and be transformed by it and return it back to you and, and let it flow out to those around us as well. Father, bless this series. And bless us through it. We love you. We pray all this in the great name of Jesus. And the people of God all say, amen. Amen.